0: Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles to, to two passages, to Joshua chapter 1 and to John chapter 12. Joshua chapter 1 and John chapter 12 i remember when i was in grade school i had seen something i think it was on a movie and it was a guy you know would walk up to another guy kind of to to exercise dominance in grade school you know there's all these boys we had some tough boys in grade school and to exercise dominance, you know, everyone wants to be the man. You know, they're little kids, but they want to be the man. And I remember, you know, watching on a movie that someone walked up and said, you think you're tough? Hit me. You know, and he just walks up and the guy goes, oh, you're too, you know, big and bad. I'm going to walk away. And so I remember coming to school one day. And there was this kid, you know, he was he was uh, shorter than me. He was little, what I would consider, like maybe a little runt. He wasn't, you know, anything that I thought I could take him. But I remember he started talking trash to me one day. And I, uh, I walked up to him and I said, you think you're tough? I can whoop you. And he said, oh, you think you can, huh? I mean, this guy didn't know how tall he was. He didn't know his size. He didn't know his. And I walked up to him. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm in the schoolyard, You want to kind of prove who's on the top, you know? So I remember walking up to him and I said, come on. You think you're tough? Why don't you just hit me? And before I said it, this guy clocked me, I mean, the Bam, right in the jaw and knocked me down. And I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know. This guy didn't know his size. This guy didn't know who, you know. He, he looked at me and he thought, no, you don't talk to me that way. Can I tell you from that? the rest of the year, I respected that guy, you know. And, and can I tell you, I never said that again <laughs> to anybody. I never said that to a girl, you know. You think you're tough? No, 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 no. I I, I think I, start, I adopted the saying, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I don't want to get hit like that again. But uh, uh, And I never really had to, maybe because of my size or whatever. I was always a, uh, a tall guy and big guy in classes and stuff. And so I never really had to get into fights or or didn't. And I wasn't really afraid of people. I wouldn't walk around and try to bully people or anything. But that that kid... From that point on, he was the man in my eyes. Why? Because he was the man in his eyes. He walked up and wouldn't take any stuff off of me. And can I tell you this morning what we want to talk about is two people in the Bible one is Joshua, and the other is Jesus Christ, our Savior. And um, the title of my message today is Speak the Word. Speak the word. This is uh, part four in the great faith, great faith uh, series. If you haven't listened to those, go back on podcast, please, and get those into your heart. Keeping God's word in our mouth causes us to see things different and speak differently. I want to tell you about this guy named Joshua. Joshua in the Bible was really Moses' assistant, okay? He was the guy who followed Moses around, would watch Moses do all the miracles, set Egypt free. But here's what Joshua did see. He saw Moses do all of these great miracles, but he saw Moses not fulfill a promise that he spoke about all of his life. And the promise was to, we're going to take the people into the promised land. And Moses died before it happened. And here the assistant takes over and right after the death, right after his funeral, he takes over and here's, here's Moses, his assistant. Moses was the leader who freed them. Moses didn't lead them into the promised land. And Joshua is Moses' assistant who just took over. So, what does God do? In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, I want you all to look at this. Look at that on your notes. In Joshua, chapter 1, God speaks this to Joshua. He says, This book of the law, can you read it out loud with me? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Can we read that last, those last two lines, and I want you to emphasize the words then. Ready? For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. See, I, I think so much of the time, We're waiting for God to bless us. We're waiting for God to sovereignly will upon us his good will. And our prayers become more like begging God to do something in our lives. But can I tell you, prayers shouldn't be times of begging. Prayers should be times of believing. It says in Hebrews chapter 11... Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Can you say it with me? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does that mean? It means that when we pray, we're supposed to be believing God. Now, you can just take a quick assessment of yourself. When you pray to God, when you have something come up in your life and you pray, is it believing or is it asking and hoping that God will do it? If it's the latter, I'm asking and hoping God will do it, then we're praying, not in faith. Because praying in faith, according to Mark 11:24, 24, it says, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. Prayer is, the, the place that we're supposed to receive the things from God is in Prayer. In prayer, we, we receive the things from God in the spirit, so to speak. And then in the natural, the things will come uh, into being, into our lives. So, but prayer should be some, something that we walk in confidence in. That we walk in and we say, God, I request this from you and I thank you for it according to your word in the name of Jesus. And someone can say, did you get it? I got it. Where is it? It's coming. Well, I don't see it. That's why it's called Faith. We walk by faith and not by seeing it. If we saw it, we wouldn't need faith. Somebody tracking with me today? If we saw it, we wouldn't need faith. What does the Bible say we ought to walk by? By faith and not by seeing it, not by sight. In other words, we got it in prayer before we see it come to pass. Joshua He says, notice, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The book of the law was the word of God to them. It's all that they really had. It says, shall not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? It means don't say anything but the book of the law. Don't say anything but the word. Sometimes people say, well, I say the word. Yeah, but you say the word in a lot of other things too. You say what the word says, but also say what you see. I say what I believe, but I say what I see. Is that... Is that what the Bible told Joshua to do? No. God told Joshua, say what the Bible says. Say what the Word says. Don't say what you see. See, because if you walk by faith, if you walk by what the Word says and walk by what you see, how many would agree that's how a lot of us live? We, we believe what God says. We say what God says. But we also say what we see. Any, anybody ever walked that way huh, this week? Yeah, you walk that way. Can I tell you what that's called? It's called double-minded. And what does James 1.5 said? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from the Lord. Sometimes we wonder why our prayers aren't coming to pass. The Bible says, this book of the law, notice, shall not depart from your mouth. What was God telling Joshua he needed to keep in his mouth? Come on, say it out. What was he saying he needed to keep in his mouth? The word of God. Listen, don't say anything else but the word. Now, he said, but you shall meditate. The word meditate. It's the word Hagga in Hebrew. And it really means to murmur, to mutter, or to ponder. Sometimes you think if, you, if someone's walking down the street and they're murmuring, muttering, or pondering, you think they were, you know, that they're drunk or that they're mentally, uh, you know, not altogether together or something because they're just going, yesterday I was walking by and I saw a guy and he was going, know, you know. You know, he was, he was just saying, yeah, 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 the, the trash can is yellow. Yeah, yeah, the street is there. He was murmuring and he was mumbling things. And sometimes we think that that means that maybe, you know, you don't have everything together. He was telling Joshua, I want you to take the word of God and murmur it, mutter it, ponder it, put it inside of your mouth, ponder it, think about it. This word is also used in Psalm chapter 1 verse 2. That says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of God. He goes on and says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law or in his word, he meditates. He He says it. He mutters it. He ponders it. He thinks about it day and night. Day and night. Day and night. What is he doing? He's convincing himself that the word that he's reading is true. He's convincing himself that what he sees written in God's word is true more than his circumstance is true. Well, how do I know that I've meditated enough? When you've got it. When you've got the picture on the inside more clear than the picture on the outside. If you're in doubt and the picture on the outside, you're saying, I want to believe, but look at that. Well, then what you have to do is biblical meditation. You have to take the word of God and meditate the word until you see God's word coming to pass in your life more than you see what's going on externally. See, Joshua was hitting up against a wall. He took over again for the most powerful human being he'd ever seen before, and he didn't get him into the promised land. And he's saying, Joshua, you give it a try. And God says, I don't, before you go to Jericho, before you take on your first obstacle, before you take on your first challenge, I want you to sit here and mutter the word of God. I want you to sit here and mutter what God said about the circumstance. Notice he didn't say let's go up to the challenge and when you get up to the challenge, mutter the word of God. See, that's, that's why I think we fail sometimes is because we say the answer is prayer. The answer is not prayer. Prayer releases the answer. But if we're not praying in faith, if we're not praying believing God, he didn't tell Joshua pray and the walls would go down. No, he said meditate the word. Get the picture settled on the inside and then some days later I'm going to lead you up to the place and then I'm going to tell you what to say. But, but when, when you get up to the walls, something on the inside is going to be different. Sometimes we just think, again, it's just more prayer and more prayer is going to ha- make it happen. More prayer will not get your circumstance to change. You have to believe. He who believes. That's why we're talking about great faith. Listen meditate day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord. When he said you meditate day and night, he said then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Who made Joshua's way prosperous? Joshua. Sometimes we say, well, God, when you're going to make my way prosperous. No, no, no. Joshua. God said, I'm going to put the word of God in your heart. You do with it what you need to do with it. And and according to what you do with it, that's what will happen. Remember, Jesus would say over and over, according to your faith, let it be unto you. What is he saying? I'll say my will, I'll say my word, but you have to take it and put it inside of you and hold on to it and grab onto it. And according to what you do with my word, that's what will happen in your life. See, I think we're more responsible for some of the results in prayer than we give ourselves responsibility for. Sometimes we're waiting on God, but God's waiting on us. Can somebody say amen? Sometimes we're waiting on God, but God's waiting on us. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. He says that, notice this, but you shall meditate day and night that you may, what's the word? That you may observe. What's observe mean? It means to catch it, to see, to look, to wake up, to possess it. He's saying When you meditate day and night, you're going to observe something uh, that you may observe. Meditation helps you to see things differently. Meditation on the Word of God helps you to see things that other people aren't seeing. Meditation and pondering the will of God and the Word of God and getting a clear picture on the inside helps you to operate differently than other human beings that you're walking with. And they say, well, what in the world? Are you crazy or are you on? Maybe a little bit of both. That's why we need to not meditate on just other things, mind over matter and stuff. I'm talking about biblical meditation. Meditating on what God says about our situation and our circumstances. Listen, here's why. Words paint pictures. Words paint pictures. Right? My wife and I, (laughs) when we first got married, we got a dog and this dog was a great dane great dane okay 10 months old was weighed 210 pounds already by 10 months old and was and i'm with no exaggeration his head was already this high at 10 months old it was like a baby horse it was like a mini horse okay now can you picture the dog you've never seen the dog right white dog harlequin white with black uh patterns right and uh this was a white harlequin, big floppy ears. Now, as I'm saying it, you've never seen the dog. You haven't seen a picture of the dog. I'm not gonna put a picture, but do you under do, do you know what the dog looks like? The dog's about this high, right? Big floppy ears, white and black, almost had droopy, you know, drawls here, right? slobbered all the time, <laughs> walk around. He could walk by a coffee table and his tail, tail was this long and would just, if you had pictures on the coffee table, he would just get happy and go, pooh, and that coffee table, all those pictures would just fall off. Yeah. Now, do you know what my dog looks like? Why? Because I painted the picture with words. I painted the picture with words. I didn't need to show you a picture. I painted the picture with words. That's what he's saying here. Right? So, so my dog one day, I took him out to the park. And my dog looked across, big slow dog. And he looks and he sees this cat. And he looks back at me like, can I have him? (laughs) Sure, go ahead. Boom, 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 boom. Chases this cat. I don't think he ever caught the cat. But running around. Can you see it? I didn't show you a video. I didn't show you a picture. But I gave you something to think about. I gave you words. See, he said, this book of the law, take these words and meditate on it till you see the picture of what I'm trying to accomplish in your life. I think sometimes what we do is we say, God, what is your will for my life? And we understand generally what God's will is, but the clear picture we see is our circumstance. God says, I want the clear picture that you see to see my word as the clear picture. And the circumstance as just obstacles that are getting in the way. In your what people would call reality as just something that's getting in the way. So what happened? He said meditate the word day and night. You know, I've heard it say years ago that if you want to change, have change in your life, you have to change your habits. But if you want to see big change in your life, you have to change your paradigm. See, your habits are just small changes. They're, I'm going to change what time I go to bed and what time I wake up and if I read the Bible and if I, you know, I'm on time for things and I'm you start changing these habits. But when you change your paradigm or the way that you see something, everything changes. What God's trying to say is I'm not telling you things to change like do this differently, do this differently, do this differently, do this differently. And that's why people say I can't even keep up with Christianity. I can't even keep up with church. God's not asking you to. What did Jesus say? He says, upon these two things, love God and love your neighbor, hang everything else. In other words, I want to change the picture on the inside instead of being external laws to be internal love. And once you catch the picture of God's love loving you and your love loving other people, all of the laws will line up. God's trying to change a picture. We're talking about faith here. But what we're talking about is changing the picture on the inside of us. Changing the picture on the inside of us. God wanted Joshua to see victory before he placed, before he was placed in opposition. Can I tell you, and I suggest to you, before you pray about something next time, especially if it's a big challenge, don't pray about it. Find out what the word says about it and meditate God's word on it until you get God's picture until you get God's will, then once you get God's will settled on the inside, pray about it. And you'll see that the results of your prayers will come up a hundredfold or more, 200fold, 300fold. Some people say a thousandfold. I've never got a prayer answered. And this may be the very reason because God's word has to become alive on the inside of you. So what happened? He told Joshua, Meditate the word day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it i'm going to switch can i switch mics here ray to this other mic okay that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it now the very first obstacle that joshua came up to was called a city named what it was a city named jericho it was his very first city and we don't read about the city until we get up to joshua chapter six joshua chapter six And right before Joshua got up to that city, the Bible says that this angel of the Lord came up to him, and he said, uh, you're standing on holy ground, kind of like a Moses experience right there. And he he said, now we're about to come up to your first city that you're going to conquer. Remember, Moses hadn't got this far. He's taken the assistant to Moses, Joshua, up here. And he walks up to the city of Jericho, this huge city, and he says this to him. Look at this. Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. They knew the children of Israel was coming and they said, lock your doors. Bar the gates. It was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Listen, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given you the city. Does that even make sense? He told Joshua, meditate the word of God until he saw something different, right? And then he waits days and days and days, probably for him to catch up with the picture on the inside. Can you see what I'm saying? Then he walks Joshua up to his first city. He says, now, here's what the Bible, I think the Bible writes it out so that you'll see that it wasn't just Joshua's thought, he says, now, in fact, I'm, I'm going to read it in this other version in NIV. It says, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, here's the response that God said, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with the king and the fighting men. You kind of look at it and you go, those two verses Contrast. The first verse says it's locked up, we can't get in. Securely barred. The king and the fighting men are all against me. The second verse, God looks at him and says, can you see it? I've given it to you. What would happen if Joshua didn't see it, but he saw it? I believe he would have been just like Moses and didn't get into the land. Let me ask you a question in your life. What happens if you don't see it, but you see it? Then you get the same results. You don't get your prayers answered. You don't walk into the promised land that God's called you to walk in. You have to see it before you walk into it. See it where? In your heart. How do you see it in your heart? Meditate. How often? Until you see it. How often? Day and night. When do I have to stop meditating? Wrong question. (laughs) But I've been meditating and meditating and I still don't see it. Well, is meditation done then? Because the point of meditation is not just to meditate. The point of meditation is to change the picture in your heart so that you see things the way that God sees things. Notice he says here. (laughs) He says, see, I've delivered Jericho into your hand. The city was locked up. See, I've given you the city. (laughs) Do you see it? See what? See what I told you to meditate on. See, what I told you to meditate on was every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon I've given you. So when you walk up to Jericho, that's the place where the sole of your foot is tread upon. And if you've seen it on the inside, then you walk up and I don't care what the gates look like. I don't care what, how barred up it is. If you see what the word sees, you see your feet on this ground and God said it's your ground. So you walk up and you say, oh, the circumstances are about to change. See, this is what happens when faith rises in your heart. You see God's word, you see your circumstance. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to somebody in here because there's some people in here who are crippled with fear. Yeah. Crippled with fear. You haven't opened up your heart to see things the way God's seen them for years. And God's saying, son, daughter, I'm about to open up your heart. You're going about to see miraculous things happen again in your life. I'm saying that prophetically. There are some people that are here today that your heart has not been able to see things the way God sees things for years. And God's saying, I'm going to begin to open up the folds of your heart to see things the way that I'm seeing them. Joshua had to see first. And what did he say to do after that? He said, march around the city for six days and here's here's how you're gonna deliver. I want the priest to blow the trumpets and as soon as the priest blows the trumpets, I want you to shout and whatever they shouted you know walls fall down but what were they shouting they were shouting what they saw in their hearts sometimes we don't we want to walk up to our situation our obstacle and we want to shout yeah in Jesus name you come did it happen no it didn't happen because it didn't happen in here first you can shout all day you can shout till your voice goes out you can shout till you till you can't speak anymore and it won't happen it's not the shouting where is faith found? In our mouth and in our, come on, where is faith found? In our mouth and in our, yeah, you can shout all day. You can shout till your voice goes out. But if it's not in your heart, you might as well say, I wish, wish, I wish upon a star. It really, it, it's, I'm saying change happens when you believe God's word and you speak together. So what happened? They shouted, the walls fall down, and we all know the miracle. You can't lead if you don't see. I'm speaking to business owners in here. I'm speaking to people who have companies in here. You can't lead until you see. I'm speaking to family leaders in this place. You can't lead if you don't see. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 16 to Peter? He said, Peter... Peter was the only one who spoke up and he said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you in your heart, but my father, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Notice the gates of Jericho didn't prevail against the word of the Lord. And he says also the gates of Hades won't prevail. In other words, anything that hell has has, has put up against you, gates, bars, walls, any opposition that's come up against you has to fall. It has to fall when you see that God's on your side and his word is on your side I I know that there's some people who meditate on the gates call their neighbors and friends do you know what I'm going through do you know all the things that have happened to me this week can I tell you it's not going to help you stop it I'm telling someone that today stop it talking all your mess talking all the problems talking all the stuff it's not going to help you you say help what? help get the picture right The only thing that's going to help get the picture right on the inside is to get the Word of God, meditate the Word of God until you see what you're praying ahead of time. Remember, Joshua meditated the Word day and night. Joshua meditated the Word day and night. And then I want to come over to Jesus. Jesus. What did Joshua do? He meditated the Word until he saw. And what happened to the walls? They fell down. Jesus was the Son of God and is the Son of God. An angel came to Mary, or he told Mary, I want you to name his name Jesus, okay? Jesus is really the transliteration in Hebrew of the word Joshua. In other words, the name Jesus in, in, in Jesus' day is the Hebrew of Joshua, okay? It would be like Juan is John. It's two, different, two different languages, okay? So when he comes to Jesus, comes to Mary, he said, I want you to name his name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation or the Savior. I want you to name his name Savior. So when every day when people would call him, they would would call him by, hey, Savior, hey, salvation. Hey, that's just what his name meant. That's who he was. He was he was the son of God. He is the son of God, but that's his name. He's Joshua. I want to show you the comparison. Remember, Joshua muttered the word day and night. How did Jesus speak? Bible says in John chapter 12, Jesus said this, look in the New Living Translation, look up on the, on the screens. He says, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it, and I know his commandment, his commands lead to eternal life. So listen, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. What did Jesus say? I say whatever the Father tells me to say. I want you to notice how he started the statement. He didn't start the statement to say what he does say. He started out the statement by saying what he doesn't say. Because what you don't say is just as important as what you do say. (laughs) I need to say that again for somebody. What you need to stop saying is as important as what you need to be saying. Notice what Jesus said, I don't say. He started his statement with what he doesn't say. I don't say my own thing. I don't say what I, what I think. I don't say what I see. I don't say what I come upon. Let me ask you, what do you say? Well, I speak my mind. I tell it the way it is. I'm a realist. I'm no phony. Yeah, we, we can see that. Everybody around you can see that. Right? But Jesus said, I don't do that. In fact, Jesus said in one passage, I have many things to say. I think I'll just hold on to them. And I think that's what we need to do. James says, be slow to speak. It's not just about saying what you need to say, but it's about not saying. I tell it like it is. I speak my mind. I'm just going to be real. Yeah, you're going to be real, really not getting your prayers answered. I don't speak. And then he said what? The fathers commanded me what to say. God told Jesus what to say just like God told Joshua what to say. God told Joshua, here's what I want you to say until you see it. God told Jesus, here's what I want you to say. And Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. So let me ask you, if the Son of God, Jesus, walked this earth, I think he had a pretty successful ministry, wouldn't you think so? And if Jesus said, this is the way that I operate, I don't speak things that I just want to speak, but I only speak. Notice how extreme he was. I only speak what the Father says to speak. The Father commanded me what to say. And what he says is, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Would you say that over your life? I say whatever the Father tells me to say. If Jesus had to limit his words to what the Father said, if Joshua had to limit his words to what the Father said, I think that you and I need to limit our words to what the Father says. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on, a better amen than that. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, If Jesus had to limit his words to what the Lord said, to what God said, if Joshua had to, I think we need to limit our words to what God said. Jesus, when he was in Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus was facing temptation, and the tempter came to him, and the first one, he was 40 days, he was hungry. You ever been hungry? You ever been hangry? Right? Man, I'm starving! And the tempter comes to him, Satan comes to him, and he says, hey, you know, you ever have some Panera bread? Right? (laughs) you you know you're the son of god you can make that some of that stone right there bread right and what did jesus say jesus didn't look dummy satan stupid satan i'm not hungry did he say that did jesus say what he thought he's trying to tempt me right now did you hear anybody he's trying to tempt me i'm being tempted right now kind of does look like bread that was a good temptation It kind of does look like bread. See, we want to say all this other mess. What did Jesus say? Back to Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I can picture Satan going, (laughs) right, and coming over and saying, hey, see this uh, pinnacle right here? See this cliff right here? Jesus, you're the son of God, right? You can jump off this cliff. Because it is written, Satan. Satan started quoting the word. He actually quoted two scriptures to him. Do you know Satan knows the word? Has Satan ever quoted the word to you? Yeah, he's quoted the word to me too, right? Because it's written. He'll give his angels charge over you. And into their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Right? And Jesus looks at him. And what, what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written, right? The first scripture he says is from Uh, Deuteronomy 8.3, the second scripture Jesus quotes is from Deuteronomy 6.16, and the third scripture that he quotes is from Deuteronomy 6.13. You know what that means? Jesus was probably meditating the word around the book of Deuteronomy right then, right, chapter six through eight. He's probably meditating the word right around Deuteronomy 6 through eight. Maybe right around the time where he's seeing the, they're getting through a temptation and they're getting through a trial and they're getting through a test and they're getting through something in their life and he knew he had to keep the word so when Satan comes to tempt him he thought I'm not gonna speak what I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak what God told them back then because all the word of God's is of no private interpretation so it, it was written not only for them it was written for me so today I'm gonna use the word so Satan And then the third one, Satan looks at him and he says, see all these worlds, all these things I'll give you if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, it's written. What did he say? You shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. And what happened? The Bible says then the devil, it's not a good time. So he left for a better time. He took off and left. But what did Jesus do? Did Jesus pray day and night about it? Did Jesus do? No, Jesus said three scriptures. Let me ask you, when the enemy hits you up about something over and over and over and over and over and over, he's, he's nothing new. In fact, I'll teach on this some other time, but I believe that those three scriptures was the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. First John says that all that's in the world are those three things keep, Satan keeps hitting us up with. And it's the same three things that I think that, that Eve was test, tempted in, in the Garden of Eden. Jesus came and fulfilled that temptation. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride. Anything he's tempting you with is probably one of those three things. But can I tell you, do you know the word of God how to combat Satan in those three things? Do you know what scripture says about those three things? Because if you don't, you could pray till you're blue in the face. He's still tempting me. It's been days and days, he's still tempting me. Well, if you'll speak the word, Satan will leave you for a better time. He'll stop tempting you. Why? Because he's not winning. Satan doesn't like to keep doing things that he's not winning at, so he'll move on to someone else. Am I speaking to anyone here today? Let me tell you one more passage. Jesus with the dead man. Who's the dead man? Lazarus. Jesus with Lazarus. John chapter 11, verse 39 Uh, Lazarus was a friend he said hey Lazarus is dead can I tell you Jesus when Lazarus was dead didn't run right to go well let me go let me see how I can get an express to go to Lazarus because I'm going to make sure to to raise him from the dead now do you know it really didn't matter it's kind of like Peter walking on the water it didn't matter if there was storms and waves because in the calm you really can't walk on the water it didn't matter if Jesus got there within three hours of him being dead or three days of him being dead you still don't raise dead people. Sometimes we think that all these natural things, well, if I do this, if I jump right on it, because it's a whole lot easier to raise a dead person who's been only been dead three hours than three days, right? No, it's supernatural. What did Jesus do? He just calmed down. When, when uh, Joshua, I'm comparing, I'm showing you some things about both, when Joshua was gonna go take Jericho, he didn't just lead him right up to Jericho. No, he stopped and got the picture right. He got things settled in his heart right. Notice Jesus. Jesus comes, and Jesus said in verse 39, Take away the stone, and Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to the Lord, Lord, by this time, there's a stench in the the King James. I love it. He goes, by this time he stinketh. (laughs) He's saying, I can't take away the stone. He stinks. (laughs) like like that mattered, right? Okay, and he says, because he's been dead for four days, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, if you'd believe, you'd see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place. What was Jesus do? He was administrating a miracle. He was laying aside something because he was about to see the power of God happen, right? They took away the stone from where the dead man was lying, and Jesus, notice what he did. He lifted up his eyes. He lifted up what he was looking at. He stopped looking at the dead man and the tomb, and the grave. And he lifted up his eyes. He looked at something higher. And I want you to notice what he said. He lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. Was that confidence or weak faith? It was confidence. Why could he be confident? Because he was the son of God? No. I don't believe that it's just because he was the son of God. Well, of course he's confident because he's the son of God. I'm not saying taking that away from him. But let me tell you, because I believe you're confident when you're praying the will of God. You're confident when you're praying prayers that are the will of God. Now, Jesus didn't pray a prayer for Lazarus to be raised. Jesus, when he said, speak to the mountain, be removed, and be cast in the sea, that's not a prayer. He didn't say pray to God that the mountain would be removed. I believe you move the mountains. No, Jesus said, I believe you can move the mountains. See, we're praying that God would move the mountains. Jesus didn't say pray that God would move the mountains, did he? Did he? He said, you speak to the mountain, and what would happen? The power of God would come into play, and it would happen, right? I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, but I'm saying some things should be prayed about and some things you should declare over. Some things in your life you need to just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Some things in your life you just need to say, be gone in the name of Jesus. And other things you need to pray about. But either one of them, you need to get faith in your heart. Faith in what? Faith in what the Word of God says. Let me show you a scripture that I think will tie all these things together. Look in your Bibles or look on your sheets to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Listen to this scripture and I believe it will tie it together. First John chapter 5, verse 15 says this. Jesus was confident when he said, Father, you always hear me. But listen to what he said in, in uh, John. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, say his will. If we ask anything according to his will, what, what can we know? If we're asking according to God's will, then we know God's hearing us. And if we know that God hears us whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. What does that mean? It means that a lot of times we don't have confidence in our prayers because we don't know we're praying the will of God. Jesus begins with the will of God. He says, I, I thank you that, that you always hear me. How can we thank God? Because in 1 John it says this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that we hear, he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ha- ask in him. Confidence in prayer comes from knowing the will of God. Confidence in prayer comes from knowing the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Listen, faith starts where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God, you can't have faith. If you don't know what God said about the situation, you can't have faith. Find out what the will of God is. Settle it in your heart. Believe it. Then pray. Jesus waited four days to get to Lazarus. Joshua waited days to get to Jericho. It doesn't matter if you get to your situation today. When you get to it, believe. (laughs) Jesus looks at Lazarus. Lazarus, he cries out with a loud voice. Notice what Jesus did when he got to Lazarus. He cries out with a loud loud voice. Lazarus! kind of reminds me of Jericho. He waited days and he didn't say anything, but when he did say something, he said something. It's not more words. It's not more prayers. It's not getting more people that will get your prayers answered. No, it's saying it in faith. Notice he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? Lazarus got up and he walked out. But Jesus could be confident in that prayer. Jesus saw something different than they saw. Jesus didn't rush to the grave. He waited. Jesus spoke to the impossibility Why? Because the picture in his heart Was stronger than the picture he saw with his eyes What's the conclusion? We must keep God's word in our mouth So that we can change the way that we see things Then we'll know what to say In the times we have need Let me tell you one, more, one, one last point here Listen There's a confession unto faith And a confession of faith There's a confession unto faith And a confession of faith in other words, if you would be honest when you're praying and you really don't believe, anybody know what that feels like, like you pray and you really don't even know, if yeah, you really don't believe, then what needs to come out of your mouth is a confession unto faith. But if you pray and you know, you know that it's going to come to pass, that's a confession of faith. Confession unto faith and a confession of faith. So what do I do when faith seems impossible in a situation? Um, Three things you do, number one, you find out what God says about the situation. Find out what God's word says. Number two, you meditate on God's word despite what you see. That's called a confession unto faith. Something's growing on the inside of me. Something's building on the inside of me. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And number three, when it's time to pray, or to speak to the situation, you pray and you speak boldly, believing, and you'll see it come to pass. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.